0: steeler fans it is time once again for another episode of the steelers hangover from behind the steel curtain.com i am brian anthony davis tony defio is with me as always and we always have another as always but he is not on tonight and that is shannon white who is under the weather and Let's just say this, that uh, in his message, uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. I hope he feels a whole lot better. But Shannon thinks that I don't care, and he thinks that only Tony does. And I have even offered to go all the way to uh, to West Virginia to help care for him. But he has already been, as he said, just disappointed by me. Because even though I got the, the get well message in before Tony... I didn't put soon on there. So I think he's upset at me, Tony.
1: Well, I mean, I I saw that you, you got your message in before me and I was watching old reruns of the incredible Hulk. So, I mean, how sympathetic could I have been at that moment? So uh, (laughs) I think even more sympathetic and by the way, uh, sponge baths are very therapeutic. So I don't know why Shannon turned that down. (laughs) <laughs> i can neither confirm nor deny that but <laughs>
0: but anyways get well soon shannon we miss you and we will see you next time around uh speaking of sponge baths tony when you're uh, a regular bath there are bubbles right right so i mean have you ever had a good bubble bath not for a long time Yeah, I think it's been a while. I I used to have, I used when I was a kid, I used to get, especially on Christmas time, I'd get these novelty bubbles, and I'd take bubble baths, and it just wasn't the same, and then I would just make a mess, and my mom would yell at me, so uh, I don't, I have the penchant for uh, making a mess now, and so uh, my mom would just yell at me, so I don't take bubble baths (laughs) either, but my son, who uh, I've mentioned before, he's battling uh, some autoimmune stuff, and he takes, uh, he takes bass with bass salts and uh, like orange oil and uh, to uh, try to soothe and make him feel better. I think usually after the hangover, I think I need to take one of those. So maybe I should start.
1: I recommend it.
0: So I know you all don't want to picture us in bathtubs so let's get on to the bubble that we were talking about and it's the Steelers bubble it is the 2022 roster bubble and it is forming now it is how big is this bubble do you think gonna get because I think there's a lot of talent on the Steelers roster that we know who's gonna make it Tony but then there's those guys that they can go either way
1: yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, it's a good problem to have. I mean, I think it, it, it's some guys, I think they may be just running out of time Then they never prove themselves. Other guys, it, it just it might be a numbers game and, and they just uh, might not make it through no fault of their own. But uh, I think it's exciting for them. I think, you know, they're building a, a nice young roster.
0: They are, and that's a good thing. And, of course, if you listen to bad language this morning, Actually, it came on at noon today. Uh, make sure you check that out if you didn't think about it. And we have uh, we had a show that was talking about the fact that you know is it Super Bowl or bust? And that's a question that I'm going to ask you real quick, Tony, because I look at satisfaction for Steeler season if the arrow is pointing forward at the end of the season, and a lot of people are super bowl or bust it's a bad season if they don't win the super bowl do you agree with that 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 i'm noticing that tony uh,
1: as far as the super bowl or bust mentality with the fans yeah uh i i mean i i've noticed that for forever but i don't i don't i don't subscribe to that theory because uh if you subscribe to that theory you're 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 only gonna be happy maybe three times your entire life <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, i mean it's okay for the Steelers to, to feel that way I, I know mike Tomlin has said he's been on record many times as saying he's only had one successful season in 15 years and that was in 08 when they won 43 um but as far as as this year i, I don't i don't subscribe to that theory with, with this team i think it's a it's a nice young team and, and they're it's an exciting transition but it's not super Bowl robust for me
0: Well, yeah, I don't think it is for a lot of us. And this is one of those seasons when you said the nice young roster,
1: you
0: know, it's kind of a season where this team could go ahead and sow the seeds for next year or the year after that. But this is a pivotal year because this is one that could put them on that course. So that's where I'm really excited. And sometimes it comes down to that 53rd man on the roster. And that's who we're going to be talking about today. So uh, we're going to talk about the guys on the bubble. And as Jared devil says, first one in, by the way, we sucked mm. without Alu in the lineup. There's no way he's on the bubble. No, I don't think he is, but, and Reginald rivers actually said that Tyson should be on the bubble, but we're going to go mm. position group by position group, Tony. And we're going to go ahead and take a look and see, who those bubble dwellers are and maybe, uh, maybe we can see now. I mean, there's going to be some guys that we're not going to mention all of them. Like when we talk about the receivers, we're not going to be talking about Steven Sims as much as, as much as we could, or a Tyler Sneed they're there and they're working and they could get themselves in a position to be on the bubble. We're going to talk about the guys that could go either way. So it's really easy to start out with quarterback and, we know right now, Tony, Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett are safe. Right. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on quarterback because we've been doing that on a lot of shows lately, talking about quarterback. And it's easy to do so. Mason Rudolph, to you, what his bubble's probably a little bit different. Right. So his is not, is he going to be cut? He's not getting cut but what are your thoughts on where Mason Rudolph lies and what's your gut saying?
1: Uh, for some reason, I, it's just a weird feeling, but I think he's going to factor into the competition for the starting job more than people think. Uh, as far as, as where he's going to be at the end of training camp, it's, it's so hard to say until I see what Kenny Pickett does because, yeah, he's a first-round pick, but you know if he's, not, if he's not ready to assume that backup role right away or if they don't feel he's ready... Uh, then I could certainly see Mason Rudolph making it as the backup and, and Kenny Pickett being the, uh, getting a, a red shirt year like Ben Roethlisberger was supposed to have in, in 20 or, or 2004 before everything <laughs> happened in history uh, was made. But I I, I look for him to, to, to be on the roster. What are your thoughts? My
0: gut is saying that Mason Rudolph is owned and is not on a bubble whatsoever, but he is in a precarious position whether it depends how he performs and exactly where they're going to uh, try to have him he could very easily be the number two guy on the roster like you said and he very easily can be playing for 31 other teams in the preseason and the Steelers might be trying to showcase him to try to trade him they might not necessarily do it right away they could do an all a Josh Dobbs thing, but the guy to really look at on the bubble and who is really, who's really intertwined with Mason Rudolph is Chris Oladuka. And so Chris's fate, the rookie seventh rounder, his fate is basically hinging on that of where Mason ends up. If Mason ends up on the roster, Chris is either a practice squad guy on the street or nowhere, or with another team. Right. There's a possibility that he can get traded, but not a lot of teams are going to trade for, for that guy when he can go ahead and they can grab him off of a practice squad. Right. So that's the interesting thing at quarterback. I think that uh, if Mason is not here, it's because he's traded.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree I think, with that.
0: I think if Mason is here, it's as the number two quarterback and not the three. Mm-hmm. But that's just my thought. It could go either way. I mean, really, are you going to say that this is a three-man race or is this really a two-man race and Mason Rudolph is just some kind of wild card where he falls?
1: I think everybody's viewing it as a two-man race between, between Trubisky and, and Pickett, but Again, I, I don't know how they feel about Pickett at this point, what, what, how they feel about him after the OTAs and, and the minicamp and rookie camp. Uh, if they feel strongly about him as far as his readiness, uh, then I could see it just being a two-man race. And like you said, uh, Rudolph would just be trade bait and and he would be playing for another team at the end of the summer. I don't see any scenario in which he's a number three quarterback. Either he's the starter or the number two, or he's traded. Uh, and Because I don't see them... Uh, deactivating him each and every week or what, what? making him the emergency number three, that's what he would be, right? Is that how it would work?
0: Something like that, yeah. It's just, I mean, Dave Schofield's theory is that, uh, you know, for the first couple of weeks, you won't see Mason Rudolph even getting a roster, Not excuse me, not Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, not getting a roster spot. But this is the most, would you probably agree that this is the most interesting quarterback race that we have seen in years and years and years? In the city of
1: Pittsburgh, it's 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 so exciting. It's so exciting because you have you have a a veteran uh, who was drafted second overall just five years ago. He did okay in Chicago. People talk about how much of a train wreck that was, especially offensively for him. And and you know the Bears they they never do well with quarterbacks. So you know you got him, and then of course you you go out and you draft Kenny Pickett, the the top guy on everybody's board just about heading into the draft, and he falls all the way to twenty. So I mean it's it's, it's exciting. Then you have Mason Rudolph as the dark horse, the 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 Rudolph the red nosed reindeer type that nobody wants to give any respect to. But I mean, who knows what 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 he might? This is his first real chance to, to prove that he's he's not just Big Ben's backup. So it's it's really intriguing.
0: So another thing that I'm going to go ahead and mention here is we've got a few comments that I want to bring up. MacLeod says, "Doesn't Chris playing well affect the Mason? trade? of course, absolutely does." You know, we, uh, Reginald river says cutting younger players for older veterans. Isn't good. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. And we saw that actually, we saw that when Landry Jones was left off of the roster and kind of shipped out of town. So really some interesting stuff here. Uh, that's all we have really on the quarterbacks. We can have, man, we can have this debate forever but looking at the the depth chart, I would say the only one really on the bubble here is a guy like Chris Oladoukoun. Or Oladokun, excuse me. So that is what we're looking at as far as quarterback goes. Running back, Tony, is an interesting situation because behind Najee Harris, and there's no bubble, no bubble mm. for Najee. 22 no. safe. Benny Snow Jr., Anthony McFarland and Mateo Durant are on the roster as well as Trey Edmonds and Jalen Warren. I think Trey Edmonds, he's a special teams guy, but I think he's a guy, as long as you can keep veterans on the practice squad, is probably going to go back and forth. Jalen Warren, I don't know enough about him to say that he would be on the bubble, but a guy like Mateo Durant is, But so would Benny Snell Jr. and Anthony McFarlane Jr. Durant's interesting. Snell has been around a while. And then there's Anthony McFarlane that going into his third season, we
1: still haven't seen enough of. Right. Yeah, I mean, talk about the – everybody was so excited about his speed uh, two years ago coming out of Maryland and the fact that he had a relationship or a history anyway with uh, Matt Canada. But we haven't – as you said, we haven't seen nothing – from him whatsoever after two years. So uh, it's it's hard to get a feel for for him at at this point, but, you know, even Jalen Samuels had more of a resume after a few years than than McFarlane. Yeah, he just hasn't been healthy and hasn't had an opportunity.
0: I love what Mateo Durant did in college, but the thing you got to look at is you're going to see a lot of Mateo Durant in a third and fourth quarter. And so that is sometimes that doesn't accurately show who a guy is, but we've seen guys like that make the roster. We've seen the Isaac Redmonds of the world, and we've seen that actually go half decent. So it's right. going to be interesting to see. Do they bring anybody else in at running back? I'm, I'm kind of the guy that thinks they should, but when you listen to the pivot fantastic show by the way with mike tomlin i i can't say enough about how i was ready to just run through a brick wall (laughs) i know me too that that man inspires me i mean i'm the podcast producer here but i mean i think he can get all of us
1: fired up to do shows right and i and i think that's still the the secret to his success after all these years people wonder what makes him so effective the 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 two guys not named ryan clark who has a close relationship with, with mike tomlin who's not in awe of him, they were, I think they were ready to play for him. They they were almost uh, regretting that they never got a chance to play for him. So he still has his player's ear. And I think that's, that's what makes him so effective.
0: Well, it was like coach, I think it was Fred Taylor coach. Why didn't he ever call me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Channing Crowder was the same. He's like, man, I would have loved to have played for mm-hmm. him. So and, and it's genuine. It's just not waxing a guy's car. Right. How many guys do we put on the bubble
1: at running back? All of them? Uh, I'd say, you know, all of them, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't, you know, Benny Snell, I think he's a solid enough backup, but he doesn't seem to be anybody's cup of tea at this point. Uh, we were so excited about him in 2019 being the, that downhill runner coming out of Kentucky. He was so, he was so productive. Um, and you know, he, I was ready to anoint him the starter after week one in 2020 when James Conner got hurt and, and then, uh, snow rushed for hundred, I think 113 yards against the Giants. But I mean, now with, uh, with Harris as, as that, you know, your bell cow running back and, and Tom mentioned that on, on the podcast. That's his, you know, he loves to, to, to use these running backs as uh, workhorses. So, um, I can see it. If it were up to me, I would keep snub. I, I don't see them. If they do bring in a vet, it's going to be like, uh, who's the guy they had last year. I forget his name. That he was that veteran that, uh, from, I think, from the Dolan Yeah, Bellage. If they bring in somebody, it's going to be somebody like that. I don't see a, a, a David Johnson scenario or going back in time like Garrett Blunt or, or D'Angelo Williams. I don't, I don't see them doing that. I think, I think uh, if they do bring in somebody, it's going to be a veteran that doesn't really excite too many people.
0: What about a Jordan Howard? A lot of people have been bringing him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see it just, it, it, it all depends on, on what the, 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 the what their goals are, you know, do they, do they still think they can play or, or, or are they okay with being a backup? Uh, because they're not going to get a lot of carries here. We know that we know the history with Mike Tomlin and, and his top right. When he has a guy like, like, like uh, Parker or bell or, or even um, Mendenhall, you know, when, when you have that guy and you're, and you coach for Mike or you play for Mike Tomlin, uh, you're going to get 99.9% of the carry. So I don't know. It all depends on what their attitude is as far as, as a, uh, what they're willing to do is, you know, once they, once they get here.
0: So I got to bring up Pedro bell laugh out loud. He's still out there. Yep. Le'Veon bell is still out there. You know, they didn't really ask coach Tomlin on the pivot about that, but he told you about Antonio Brown. No, that's not going to happen. Right. So I would almost think that bell would not happen either, but I can see, and, and he hasn't really had success with, all the places that he's been, so I I think he's done. I mean, he seems to be done, but yeah. I can't say definitively. But I'd rather see a younger guy mm-hmm. like a Jordan Howard or still a Stillman David Johnson, even though he's not younger. I'd mean, I love right. to see a name like that. But do you feel that we can get away as Steeler fans cheering for a guy like Benny Snow Jr. and know that we're in good hands if? You need breathers from Najee Harris, who's definitely yes, not
1: on the bubble. I mean, I think you know when you, when he he almost led the, t- the team in uh, rushing it, w- it was a uh, not that impressive uh, what, he had 460 yards in his rookie year, and he really hasn't had a whole lot of chances since then. Um, I just think you know he seems like a fine backup to me if he had to, if he had to, if he had to play the whole year. Uh, maybe that's a different story, but but as far as filling in for a, a breather or even a game, I, I from what I've seen from him, I'm comfortable with Benny Snell. One of the few,
0: home. one of the few things that I don't agree with Mike Tomlin on is the bell cow. I right. hate the idea of getting caught with your pants down, and I've done that a lot on occasion in my life, and I don't want to see my football team do that. So that's what you got to look at. So let's go ahead and go ahead forward. You know, we can look at the fullback position, but the fullback position is Derek Watt. And, you know, Connor Hayward is mentioned as a tight end. He is not mentioned on the depth chart as a fullback with what they do and don't do with a fullback. But as Dave Schofield will tell you time and time again, Derek Watt is a special teams captain with a fullback designation. And that's all there is to it there. So I I don't even think there's any use of saying fullback anymore tonight.
1: No, I mean, I think uh, people were kind of intrigued by his his uh, potential on offense when he first came here. But this far into it, I I don't I think if we were going to see that from him, we would have seen it by now. I, I think, as you said, he's he's comfortable being a special teams ace. And really, there's nothing wrong with that, making a living that way in the NFL.
0: All right. The bubble boys at wide receiver, you know, you know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, even Calvin Austin, the third, they they're most likely safe unless one of those rookies really, really struggles and, and just uh, plummets in the preseason, which nobody expects that to happen. It can. The big question is how many of these guys do they keep? Those are four right there. Mm -hmm. You you look at the fact that Anthony Miller's there, and I think that's a guy that's really exciting. Yeah. I could see him really uh, coming alive and making a case, having a career renaissance in Pittsburgh. But the other names on the list, and we joked about, not joke, but we mentioned that we're not going to keep them as bubble guys. It would be Steven Sims, Tyler Vaughn, Tyler Snead. And those are the three. Now, the other guys to look at here, You've got Miles Boykin coming in from Baltimore. He seems like he can he can do some work on the special teams. You know, Gunnar Olszewski was brought in to be a special teams guy, mm-hmm. so he's your Dave uh, Darius Hayward Bay guy. Mm-hmm. Number eighty nine is that guy that you just got to think that you don't even want to count him as a wide receiver, just another special teams guy. So you would think that he would be number six, right? And then number five is probably a battle between Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller, and Cody White. Right? And Cody White got some extensive time at
1: the end of the season last year. Yeah, yeah he seemed like a uh, he was he was doing some things that excited people last year. And, and Cody White, I mean, of course, Anthony Miller has the you know that pedigree, and he was fairly productive uh, in Chicago. Miles um, Boykin, I mean, he he's. A recent what third round pick I think, and, but he really he didn't do much in, in Baltimore. You can blame their passing game if you want, but I mean he didn't really show anybody anything in Baltimore. So he's definitely somebody who's who's on the bubble. And I even because he's he's a fourth round pick and not a third round pick, that seems to be the line where you're you're not safe. I I can see even Calvin Austin being on the bubble, but I I I feel pretty safe about him too. You know, you mentioned
0: something about his production being Miles Boykin in Baltimore. It's hard to have production if you're not a tight end with right. that passing game. Right. So Baltimore is one of those situations that if you're a wide receiver there and you go elsewhere, you might be better than, right. than what anybody knows. I, I'm not saying that's where receiving careers go to die because we've uh we've seen guys do all right there, but really in the days of Lamar Jackson, that's a, that's a running back team.
1: Yeah. And he, and he's a, he's a bigger guy. So, I mean, he is, he is an intriguing prospect and, you know, if he gets into a system where, where there's more of an emphasis on passing to receivers, maybe he can, they can flesh out this town a little bit, but yeah, so far I would say he's not, he was definitely, he's definitely on a bubble just because of, uh, you know, with the numbers with, with the, that they have at receiver right now. So is it safe to say that
0: Gunner O is not on the bubble? He's just here as a wide receiver and name only, just like Derek Watt is fullback and name only.
1: Oh yeah. Because I think he's, he's definitely what well, he made a pro bowl as a, as a special teams guy, right already. Yes. So I'm not, yeah. So he's, he has a reputation. Uh, the only thing that could push him out would be, you know, somebody like, Ant, uh, Austin, the third, uh, you know, being a, you know, just an exceptional punt returner. And I think, you know, Connor Hayward did some, uh, kick returning at college. So that, that, that might, you know, push him out as far if there's a numbers game and, and, and he's a victim of that. But other than that, I, I, I see no way where, where he does not make the team. If he, you know, if they're set on him being a specialist.
0: So we're not saying the guys that are, are going to make the team and not make the team. Because that's not what the show is. The show is about the bubble guys. So, mm-hmm. the firm bubble guys, you would say, are those three: White, right. Boykin, and Anthony Miller. Right. And the thing about Anthony Miller, and I know you, I think you mentioned this, but Mitch Trubisky, if Mitch Trubisky's getting first-team reps, there's already a nice rapport with Anthony Miller and he knows what he can do. So, that could be something. That's really interesting. I I can't wait to see it. Now, here's where it gets really interesting, Tony. We're going to go ahead and look at the line first. As we finish off offense with the line and then tight end. So, you have the projected starting five. And this is just a projection. In Shooks for at right tackle. James Daniels at right guard. Mason Cole at center. Kevin Dotson at left guard, Dan Moore Jr. at left left tackle. Now, do they go and bring someone in? That's always a possibility, and that changes things around. You've got a guy in Joe Haig that got a lot of time at the end of the season because of injuries. J.C. Hassenauer did. John Leglue did. In fact, a good bit of the line in the last few games was Haig, Hassenauer. And LeGlue. Yeah. And they weren't supposed to be. Kendrick Green is there. It's a guy that have not mentioned yet. And Kendrick Green is now battling. He's on the depth chart at left guard. And he seems to be more of a natural fit. He feels like that's more of a natural fit for him. That's a battle between Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green. The loser doesn't leave town, though. Right. This this isn't, you know, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Macho Man Savage, at WrestleMania 7 in Los Angeles in
1: 1991.
0: Right. Nice plug there. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but so you know those guys are safe. Everybody else, it's interesting. You know, there might be eight guys kept, but we have six and then you would assume that Joe Haig stays. Yeah, But you could also put him on the bubble. So guys like Joe Haig, J.C. Hassenauer, LeGlue, I would think, would be on the bubble. Then you have a lot of guys. Chaz Green's the guy that was around last year. Then you have the Jake Dixon, the Nate Nate Gillums, the Chris Owenses, and the Jordan Tuckers of the world looking for another spot there. So I can't even tell you who is on the bubble, but among those names, do you think that there could be a surprise
1: coming in? Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year with LeGlue. Um, but, yeah, uh, as far as those guys, I don't know much about those. I know Chaz Green uh, made the roster last year, and, 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 and but he's, he's automatically on a bubble because, you know, he really hasn't done a whole lot. Um, as far as the rest of the guys, like Joe Haig, uh, he's so versatile. He, he's a, he can play both tackle spots, right? And I think he, he can play guard. So that 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 I think that helps his his cause. He's not that old. Um, and half an is somebody who's intriguing because he he struggled so much down the stretch in 2020, but he came in last year, you know, for Green at the end of the year, and, and it seemed like he showed a lot of improvement. I mean, wouldn't you agree? He really showed some improvement at, and 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 played much better at center. Uh, so. I'd say he's on a bubble simply because, as you said, Kendrick Green's not going anywhere because he's a, he's a third-round pick last year. And, and even though he struggled at center, you know, there's always that possibility where, they, where the coaches say, well, you know, if, if there's an emergency, then we can always switch Green back over to center if, 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 the, if, if Cole gets hurt. So I'd say just from that uh, standpoint alone, Hassan still on a bubble. Um, even though I, I, I'm intrigued by his improvement last year, uh the glue i don't know because he 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 impressed a lot what's his is he can he play tackle or is he just strictly a guard because if he could play tackle that might help him out a lot
0: he's a big man i i'm not for certain i you know it's not that i haven't done my homework on the guy but he was mostly a guard last year yeah you know he could be a guy that would be that that will be one of those things that's you know, kind of just yeah. uh you wait and see if if they have to throw them over, that's kind of what you do.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I think uh if somebody jumps up, if I one of the younger guys, you know, these bubble guys jumps up and, and shows that you know that they can play tackle and maybe even guard and, and and gives Mike Tomlin that his you know he you know how much he loves position flexibility, then I could see Joe Haig being in trouble. But um otherwise I, I think he's safe and um, greens safe for sure he's not on the bubble uh, half an hour is but and, and Lalu are definitely on the bubble and the rest of those guys that we, 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 we don't know a whole lot about
0: that's very true if we look at tight end it's you know it's almost really easy we could have a, a 30 second discussion on tight end mm-hmm. you know Friar Muth and Gentry Those guys aren't on the bubble and I'd be shocked if Connor Hayworth was as well, unless he's just, but he's a sixth rounder. And if, if he's just not, he is moving officially to a new position. You know, if, if he's not good, he's not good and they don't keep him, And you can do that with a sixth rounder, Jace Sternberger and Kevin Rader. I think they're on the bubble again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, Quincy Rocher, I believe he was a six round pick last year, maybe a seventh. I, I can't remember exactly. We were pretty excited about him and his production in college, and he didn't really move the needle in training camp. So you never know. I mean, if he wasn't named Connor Hayward, then you know that yeah, it might change perception of him. And and uh, and he's five eleven, so I mean that's it's not your ideal size for a tight end. So you never know. Uh, Kevin Rader's been around. Um, you know, he's not really, he doesn't do a whole lot to excite excite you. Ah, uh, he could he could stay as your number three tight end, but if Connor Hayward makes the team, then I could, he's de- he's de- he's definitely on the bubble. Kevin Raider's on the bubble, and I think I think even Hayward's on the bubble because of ah uh, of the fact that he was a sixth round pick.
0: Yeah, and that's true. I mean, that moving to a different position is not always easy. I just have to say this, uh, Jerry Cherry Band, who takes care of all of our music and he is the doc severinson of btsc and you gotta love jcb and he just mentions when we were talking about right guard he uses right guard so (laughs) i don't know if he is a corporate sponsor for uh right guard but if he is he's doing his job well so thank you jerry cherry band let's go ahead to defense and this has been this has gotten really interesting on the defensive side Yeah, You know, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people think that Larry Ogunjobi is going to come in and he's going to come in right away and just take Chris Wormley's job. Now it's on, I'm looking at our lads and that is their depth chart that I'm looking at. They have Larry O at nose tackle and Chris Wormley at defensive end. And I just don't believe that. I still think it's Tyson's job a nose tackle if he's healthy especially I think that Larry O is not going to be a full-time starter I think it's almost going to be a platoon with Larry O and Chris Wormley on the defensive end side of the ball I think it's going to be a lot of situational because you have a guy that knows how to stop the run and get to the passer you have another guy but you don't know how healthy he completely is and you have a guy that is very capable in Chris Wormley but you know, doesn't play the run as well as he does right. get, get into the passer. So I think you might see a platoon there, but it's a joke that I even have to say this, but no, Cameron Hayward <laughs> is not on the bubble. Um, So, you know it, right. But there's, there are a lot of names here that are going to be on bubbles. I don't think DeMarvin Marvin is one of them. No. And with, we just mentioned Wormley and who's Wormley's not on the bubble either. So that's five of them. You know, the team really likes Isaiah Loudermilk, but he's got to play for pay. Mm -hmm. Montrevis Adams. You're hoping you're almost hoping that they're, they're going to take seven. Yeah. And so just say they take those seven. Then these are the guys that are, are off in the distance. The Davis brothers, Carlos and Khalil. Yeah. I have to. This is breaking news. No relation. I know that uh, for years now, everybody thought Carlos was my son, but that <laughs> is not true. I'm going to debunk that rumor now. Henry Mondo, Donovan Jeter, and the greatest name ever, Daniel Archibong. <laughs> kind of,
1: you hung out with Daniel Archibong in high school, didn't you, Tony? Uh, I sure did. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Uh... <laughs> He was, he was a, he was a, he was a mensch. He was a fine, fine, fine young chap.
0: <laughs> but with those guys, who do you think is firmly on the bubble there?
1: Oh, definitely the Davis brother. I mean, Carlos Davis, his, his, uh, we, we were excited about his, his athleticism, but he was a, you know, former seventh round pick His his uh, grade coming out of, out of college, at least according to the NFL.com draft profile was pretty low. And, he's been hampered by injuries and he really hasn't shown a whole heck of a lot. So I'd say he's on the bubble. Henry, Henry, Henry Mondeau, even though he excited some people last year, but simply because of his pedigree and the numbers along the defensive line, I'd say he's on the bubble. Uh, and, uh, everybody else you mentioned in that little group, they're definitely on a bubble. I, I don't, I don't see Wormley on the bubble. I think he's a solid veteran. uh, uh and, uh, I, I like Adams a lot. He came on last year. He's a former third round pick too like Wormley. So I, I I think he's safe.
0: I think Adams is very interesting and he might be hurt the most by not Wormley, but I think Adam might be hurt the most by Larry O coming in, but there's going to be some moving and shaking along that defensive line. But I think it's a lot stronger situation than now that you, for the first time since two, it's gone, knowing that Larry O is going to I like the fact that uh, I'd rather see a guy like Chris Wormley, who I really like, Mm -hmm. but I'd rather see him in a role where he starts sometimes and sometimes he doesn't, but he's a platoon guy. And I love the idea of situational play. And that's one thing we expect out of Terrell Austin and Brian Flores, especially this year is a lot of situational stuff.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, you read, um, I don't know if you read KT Smith's breakdown of, uh, Oak and Joby and what he can bring. And he mentioned that, you know, as you said, there's so many, it's such a, you know, the, the, as far as like a three, four, four, three base defense, there's so little of that now. And there's so much special, t- uh, football being played and so many occasions where there's only two, two down linemen in there. So, you know, you might, it might be a, a, a situation where you're just, you know, as you said, rotating guys in and out, depending on, the strengths in the situation uh, that they're in during the game.
0: Let's go ahead and take a look at linebacker. These are your projected starters. TJ Watt, left outside linebacker, Devin Bush. A lot of people are, I know, I'm not even looking at the live chat right now because I'm looking at the depth chart, but I know some people want him cut. Yeah. That's, that's something you will not see. <laughs> Miles Jack, or as I almost said, Jack Miles, because the way I'm reading this. But Miles Jack or Jack Miles will be on the right side of inside linebacker. And Alex Highsmith, those four are your guys. And I actually think Alex Highsmith has a better opportunity now that Larry Ogunjobi is in the mix. I think that actually helps him having somebody on that side. You would have loved to have seen Alex Highsmith more playing with Stefan Tuitt. Now you have him possibly playing full-time role with a Larry Ogunjobi it's going to be really neat to see what he can do a lot of people are saying that instead of a running back instead of bringing anything else in the next thing you do is bringing bring in a another edge rusher but I think they like what they have in Janard Avery and I don't think he is considered a bubble guy I don't think Robert Spillane is considered a bubble guy you don't know whether they're going to go five and four, but you expect nine linebackers. The other names here to go ahead and look at, there's Derek Tuska. You've got Buddy Johnson. And I know I'm mixing and matching between edge rushers and inside linebackers, but our Skipper's now in the mix. You've got Marcus Allen, who's officially listed as a linebacker. UG3, Delonte Scott. And Tyree Johnson, as well as the rookie Mark Robinson. So, if you keep nine, there's going to be some guys that you know their names pretty well on that bubble. Who are your big bubble guys at linebacker?
1: Um, I think Twist Twinska, I think he's safe. I think he's a solid enough backup. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be, um, you know, this, this, he's like maybe. Anthony Ciccolo level player. He's never going to be really, I mean, maybe not that good, but I mean, he, you know, he, he could be, he's okay. Uh, Cause he, he got a lot of playing time last year as the backup, but it doesn't mean, you know, uh, two's our skipper. I think he's on the, on the bubble simply because he seemed, he can't seem to stay anywhere. So until he proves that he can, he can, uh, uh, you know, make the team and stay, then I think he's on the bubble. Uh, buddy Johnson, we saw very little of him last year. He's a fourth round pick, so until he you know he, he shows us something, I think he's on the bubble simply because of the numbers. Because you have Marcus Allen in there, and he's officially an inside linebacker. Um, uh, you list is Gilbert III. This is year number four. He's a, he's a good special teams guy, but as far as an inside linebacker, he hasn't shown much. So I think he's on the bubble too. Uh, so those are my bubble guys.
0: I see what you're saying. I think Tuzar Skipper might get a better opportunity over Derek Tuska. So I really think that if they don't bring anybody in, the big battle is Tuzar versus Tuska on the outside. On the inside, if they go with four guys, you know, it's going to be Bush and Jack and Spillane. And you're looking at maybe Buddy Johnson probably as that number four guy than a battle between UG three and, and Marcus Allen, maybe and Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson isn't safe because, you know, he's a, he is a seventh round pick. So he's really got to play for his pay and that's going to be fun to watch. So there's going to be some guys with broken hearts here. but There's going to be some guys that could really surprise and earn their spot. If we look at corner, you've got Levi Wallace, and you've got Akella Witherspoon projecting to be the starters with Cameron Sutton as a nickelback. It's funny, they they mention the depth chart now shows 12 guys, hmm. pretty much, because they, they don't show 11 as starters. So, you know, if you're a nickelback, you could start the game. I mean, it's just... I don't even think the the start stat should even count anymore because right. of all oh, the situational football that you're right. looking at. But those three we know they're safe and you have other guys looking for jobs. The the one guy to talk about here is a guy that's been around a long time. I'm going to place him firmly on the bubble and it's going to be Justin Lane. And James Pierre's on there too.
1: Uh, yeah, J- Justin Lane definitely. I mean, this is year number four. Uh, you know, he was believed to be a a, a value pick in the third round in twenty nineteen, and he has shown nothing on defense. He's, you know, I, I, I guess a decent special teams player, but you didn't draft him for that. You drafted him to, to eventually be a starter, and he he's not even anywhere near that. James Pierre, undrafted a free agent. Um, you know, he was he was a starter last year. He lost his job uh, through you know over the course of the year to, to Witherspoon. He struggled, you know, which I guess not a huge shock for for a young guy. So, but but I'd, I'd say he's still on a bubble too, as far as they're definitely. But I think Lane is more in trouble than Pierre. I think Pierre has a better shot of of making the fifty three than uh, than Lane does after after four years.
0: I'm not putting Trey Norwood on the bubble because I think he is your backup nickel back. I think he is fairly safe. Arthur Mallette, you know where they put him. That's a guy that I know he could play a little bit of safety as well, but if he's your nickelback and you keep three nickels, so somebody with a name is going to be gone from this team. So that's one to look out for, the cornerback position. As so, But if you really think that they're going to be bringing a guy at corner in, I doubt it. And the one guy is probably not going to be Joe Hayden.
1: No, I, I don't see Joe Hayden coming back here to – to be a backup after after the career he had in Pittsburgh, I, I I just don't see him being the backup to the guy, who basically or to both guys who, who took his job, uh, in Wallace and Weatherspoon. I just don't I don't see that happening at all.
0: And health was an issue last year as well. I right I will miss him because he's one of my oh I, I
1: love Joe Hayden. Yeah,
0: Terrell Edmonds, strong safety. Your free safety Minka Fitzpatrick. I think both of them were very safe this year. Miles Killibrew at safety is very interesting because he's kind of just like some of the other guys that we mentioned, Gunner O, Mm -hmm. and Derek Watt. He's your special teams guy, so he's he's more there for that. Demonte Kazee is pretty much you can actually count him as a starter because on recent episodes of Here We Go the Steelers Show and in articles, Kevin Smith talked about Monte Kazee, along with Minka and Terrell as forming a three-pack there at safety. So there will be some... Well, there will be a high probability of three, three safety sets, which you know how they like to tinker, and they've got guys that can tinker, so that is something to keep your eye on as well. Donovan Steiner's another name. Carl Joseph but yeah. not a lot of safeties on this roster. So right. if, if they keep four and you don't count Killebrew, it might be just down to Joseph and Steiner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're, they're definitely both on the bubble. I mean, Carl Joseph is the name everybody knows he's a former first round pick 15th overall, I think. So, you know, that, that, you know, people's ears perk up whenever you mention his name, but yeah, he, he's, he's certainly on the bubble and that's because of, of the versatility of guys like Sutton and and trainer Norwood and they could play safety. Kellebrew, you know, I'm not that confident in him as a backup safety. He's, he's a great special teams guy. And I think that's pretty much going to be his role. If you need a, if you, if you, if they need a long-term guy to come in and play safety, if somebody gets hurt, I don't, I don't see it being Kellebrew. I think they would probably have to, Uh, If if they're not satisfied with with the backups they have, they'd probably have to go out and get somebody.
0: There's nobody battling Christian Kuntz as the long snapper. You do not have, uh, you have Nick Seba in to just uh, take, take some uh, preseason kicks away from Chris Boswell, but that's all it is. That's not a battle. Chris Boswell is probably looking at a new contract with the Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's something you could almost expect sometime during training camp. So look at that. The only other, and this was asked by Brad Jewett, what about Presley Harvin, the three? Well, you've got Cameron Nizalek, but you can actually put both of these guys on the bubble. Cause we've seen that before Presley Harvin did not have a stellar rookie year. You're hoping he gets a, he gets a jump but Mm -hmm. you you really can't if there's another guy in camp and he shines the punter position you don't have to be drafted to be a punter in this league and it's how you show up we saw it with brad wing Mm -hmm. and it was brad wing and jordan barry that battled and before that you had drew butler in there and those guys you know one got traded it was right. Brad Wing that got traded and they got an extra pick out of it because it was easy to do because he had talent too, and it was the battle of the Australian punters that year
1: yeah when you're talking about kickers and punters it's it's the supply and demand is in favor of the uh the you know the NFL in that regard there's so many guys out there who can do that who are capable that if you if you struggle and and Harbin definitely struggled last year uh you know you're you're you're, you're only a phone call away from losing your job essentially. So, uh, yeah, if, if Harvin struggles against again this summer, then, you know, he, I, he could definitely lose his job. He he's on a bubble for sure. Just, he's just a great story. So people think of him differently, but you know, if he was just some guy that he signed last year and, and didn't have a, a great story in college and, you know, winning in the Ray guy award and, you know, people naming him the thick kick, then he'd probably, uh, you, we, it wouldn't, it would be a no brainer that he's on a bubble.
0: And that's that's somebody that you firmly have to put on the bubble as well. So, Tony, we've gone through the whole team. You and I are not on the bubble, and neither is Evan. not Kevin. I'm sorry. Shannon White, who is going to be back next week. Next week is 4th of July. There will be a show on Monday night in some form, most likely the three of us. There will be a show on Tuesday night as well. And it could be us. So right now, I think that you're going to see this group with Shannon as well in tow on 4th of July. But until then, have a great week and we will keep you abreast of everything on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check out BTSC's all their shows and all the articles, too. If you just like to read about it, just go to BTSC. Lots of great stuff from Tony. Tony, big article this week was the last one that ran.
1: Uh, It was about uh, uh, Kenny Pickett and people panicking over whether or not he was going to sign his contract and rookies don't hold out anymore. So that was that. And then I have one coming out about Dan Moore Jr. And basically just how the Steelers need to keep keep uh, moving forward with their young guys and quit worrying about signing these old veterans that are still sitting out there in June. People will love it.
0: All right. I'm (laughs) sure they will. Or you will hear about it. And and then we'll have a good chuckle about that. So check out if you missed it check out let's ride from this morning check out bad language as well later on tomorrow morning you're going to wake up to another episode of the cutting room floor with the one and only gb jeffrey benedict and you are going to go ahead and have another episode of the fix with andrew wilbar and jeremy betts or I believe they're kind of like the Denver Broncos of 1992 when they had two quarterbacks. Um, it was either Sean Moore or it was Tommy Maddox, and they would mix and match because because L.A. was hurt. Mm-hmm. So I believe Jeremy Betts, because Andrew hosted last week. So oh, okay. that's that's what you'll see. So check out all their shows. And if you missed any of the weekend shows, go check them out too. Anywhere you download podcast, your favorite podcast, that's where you're going to find BTSC. Check it out. For Tony and Shannon White, who hopefully will be back next week. Hopefully he's feeling better. We missed you, Shannon. Lots of love, kisses. Tony's probably going to be sending you an edible arrangement. But since yes. I don't I don't care enough, Tony's gonna have to he's gonna to have to pay for the whole thing. So, with, the so just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony, you're on double duty here.
1: We keep changing the questions. Woo!
0: Yeah, Shannon does it better. (laughs) All right, we'll see y'all later. (laughs)